Hello? Is it on? There it is. Okay. First thing first. I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> wet the whistle there. <laughs> All right. You can go up and. Yeah, there we go. Okay. So, um, whenever your eye came to me and asked, they told me that I could <laughs> um, the only thing he asked was what day I wanted to preach. Um, I was like, the last day possible. <laughs> so I picked the last Sunday of this month. So, um, but ever since then, I've been really like uh, nervous. But like, I think I've been nervous for, I was nervous for the wrong reasons for a long time. So I was like, um, am I going to like, sound good, am I going to like look, what am I going to like, you know, am I going to sound like an idiot, whatever, you know, like all the things that you would normally think when you like go and like talk in front of people, and um, I was telling Uriah a little bit just while we were walking, like even if this is like the worst message you've ever heard, I'm just like glad because like the Lord showed himself to me in my time in this uh, study, and um, I just hope that I can convey what the Lord showed me uh, in a way that sticks for you guys and impacts you guys the way it did for me. Uh, so, anyway. So, um, I've been in numbers. I've been doing uh, Mark Trotter's uh, 52 Weeks uh, Pursuit uh, study. I don't know if you guys even know about it. It was kind of like low-key. I kind of like accidentally heard about it, and I was like, gotta get on that. And I like <laughs> got on the computer and I found it and he actually has his own website, marktrotter.tv, or marktrottertv.com, or something like that. It's, I don't know, there's no TV on it, it's just like, I don't know what the TV part is, if he's on TV, I don't know, but I hope he is, and uh, to counteract all the like terrible televangelists, but, um, but it's been such a blessing, because it's like I get, get to sit down with Mark. And with God and, like, us three to study the Bible together. And I'm just like, praise God. And you can, like, hear him. You can hear Mark's, like, personality through his writing and, like, what he's talking about. And it's really cool, like, when you're, you read through, like, your section of, of chapters. And then you're, like, you see all these things and you're, like, ooh, that was cool. That was cool. And then you get into what Mark's commentary was about it. And he's, like, saying the same things. And you're all, it's almost like, right? Like, you know? Yeah, but he's not there. He doesn't even... <laughs> he doesn't even know I'm there. Uh, but he's a cool dude. <laughs> anyway, so I've been in numbers, and uh, I don't know. I had never studied numbers. This is why this 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 uh, exercise of just reading every day with the with this like lesson plan has been so awesome because I'm getting to not just read the books that I've never read, but I'm getting to study them out and with wise counsel alongside of it. And so um, Numbers has been so weird and awesome and perfect in all these just awesome, perfect ways that God is perfect. Um, but so the passage that we're going to be in is Numbers 20 and verses 7 through 8. It's not really going to, we're not going to like stay there. It's going to be kind of a little bit around, but um, that is my key, um, you know, chapter, verse, whatever we're talking about. And uh, so obedience 
and relationship with the Lord makes it possible to live out the promises that he's made us. How many of you know that like God has made us promises that like we, I am a horrible promise keeper. I'm sorry if I've ever made a promise to you guys. Uh, any, yeah, I'm sure John can attest to the fact that like, uh, we're all like promise breakers. God is the only one that can say wholeheartedly like, hey, when have I ever not kept a promise? Like, I, you're the ones that walk away. Um, so this is, uh, you can go on to the next slide. But uh, so... This is, in a nutshell, Numbers is just really a book about the Israelites wandering through the wilderness, uh, them struggling with, you know, oh, God is so good, he brought us out of Egypt, I love God, 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 God's so good, and then them also wanting to be back in the world that was enslaving them, and it's like, how does that work? And I say, I, okay, so the cucumbers, it's silly, but there, there's, if you read Numbers, if you read Exodus, uh, through that, that whole time, there's like real moments where they're like, what about the cucumbers? <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? It's like you're being led through the wilderness by a pillar of fire by night and a cloud of smoke by day. And you're sitting here like, and it's like the most bland thing ever. Like cucumbers are nothing. They're like watery, like a watery solid. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> It's frustrating, but who's to say, like, I would, I mean, I'm not faithful. Like, I know, like, in my head, like, I'd probably be one of those people that'd be like, oh, my mouth's so dry from all this manna that's falling from the heavens. Give me something, you know. And uh, so it's, we've been, we've been kind of, I think, I don't remember who I was talking about. It might have been you, right? We talked about a lot of things, but, uh, or Seth. I think it might have been. Just, okay, so we were in John, John 1, and we were talking about, you know, when all the, the disciples are yeah, getting introduced to Jesus, and the only one that I can really relate to is Nathaniel. The only one. Because Nathaniel was the only one that questioned, like, Jesus. Like, I can't say that I'd be like someone, if Uriah or Seth came to me and was like, hey, uh, Jesus just came back to independence. He really did. He came down there. <laughs> like, I gotta see it to believe it. Like, and then Jesus himself would have to come to me. And, you know, I'm just saying, like, it's really easy to, like, look back on these things and look at the Old Testament and think about how, like, unfaithful they were. But also, like, give them a break. Because <laughs> it's like, what would we do? They're just a picture of like what the Christian life looks like and how they could have served God and how that pictures for us, like how we can serve God. And so it's like, yeah, we can use them as a picture of what a horrible Christian looks like, but we can also look at them as a picture of like what just a regular human Christian person like looks like and goes through like the struggles that we deal with. They may not be like the exact same thing, but man, don't we like betray God all the time? And we, like, spend time on other things other than talking to God and stuff. So, yeah, the cucumbers, that was great. And in the background, I found that Google picture. The background just happened to blend perfectly with that white. And I was like, <laughs> So it looks like it this is like, was on the slide already. It wasn't. Um, you can go on. Okay, so... 
one of the coolest things that uh, I found through this study, um, and I just happen to notice it while I'm, if you if you read Numbers, if you read Exodus, uh, any of those the early you know law books, the first five, um, you notice God saying this a lot, especially when Moses is around. Uh, and the Lord spake to Moses. The Lord spoke. The Lord spake. Whatever. Like it, hundred and twenty four times. Moses dies in Deuteronomy. Like that's it's only five books. There's sixty six books, and in a five chapters of, or five books of the, the Bible, it says it 124 times that God spoke to Moses. And he didn't just like speak to Moses like he was um, any other prophet. So that, uh, it says that, uh, that the Lord spoke to Moses mouth to mouth. And in Exodus uh, 33, 11, and the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. And, um, that's just to show you that, like, the, the relationship that Moses had with God and how much God really cared about Moses. And it, it, plays, it all plays into what we're getting to with, with the rock. But, um, man, God loved Moses. And um, it, he even says, so, like, in this, uh, in, in this realm, so... There's these people that come to Moses and, you know, they're, like, complaining, like, I, I mean, I might be chosen, too. Like, who's to say I, God's not talking to me? And he, he that, that happens a lot to Moses, by the way. This dude has so much patience for these people. <laughs> like, he really, and he lost it a couple times. He was, like, he really was a human. And he was like, God, kill me now. This is like what I got to do. He really says that. And, uh, but so these people come to him and they're, you know, they're saying this, this stuff. And uh, he's like, he doesn't get frustrated with them. He goes directly to God, his friend, God. And he says, I'm going to take this off because I can tell it's just going to keep muffling. The, do that all the time. But so he goes to God. Uh, and God calls out the specific people, uh, Aaron and Miriam, that are like complaining about him. And he, God's like, bring them here. Oh. Have you ever been in trouble when, and like your mom's like, wait till your dad gets home? And you're like, no. And it's just like, oh gosh. And so God is like, bring them here, bring them before the tabernacle. And so that's what they do, they, you know, and God has this moment where he's like, look, you know, like, Moses, like, so prophets, I speak to prophets in dreams and in visions and all these things. He's like, I don't do that with Moses. Mm-hmm. Moses, I speak to Moses mouth to mouth. I speak with him face to face like, like a friend. And he sets him straight. Sheesh. He gives Miriam like a... Was he uh, leprosy? Yeah, he gave Miriam leprosy, and and you know what happens? Moses pleads on on her behalf. He's yeah. like, God, uh, I know I brought this before you, but I think they got it. <laughs> I think they get it. Have mercy on. You know, it's like, man, oh, and, and you know, in my flesh, I'm like, if that happened to me, I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, don't talk to me that way. <laughs> but no, Moses was like pain. He just wanted them to, you know, 
fall in line. He wanted them to, you know, trust God like he was trusting God and know that God has put him in place to lead the Israelites. And so um, that all said, just to just to, um, to make the point that, you know, Moses' time with the Lord was so crucial to uh, him leading these people. Uh, there, was, there was like 2.5 million people that he was leading. Like, that's like a rough, like, count. But like, that's so many people. I don't know why I have this like weird image in my head of like a group of like this many. <laughs> and it's just like, anytime I've like Googled like the Israelites in Egypt or something like picture of that like Moses and it comes up and it's like this like and I'm like oh wait a minute there's way more than 15 people <laughs> and that changes everything all of the like all of the miracles that God does throughout uh, this time in the wilderness having that in perspective of just how many people uh Moses was in charge of really like sets like a picture of like wow this God is good you know like the manna so like I was talk- I was really psyched on this like, like a month ago and I was telling it, like everyone I could talk to but it would take like what was it fifty box cars like train box cars a day to feed uh, full of manna to feed the Israelites every single day. That's nuts. God did that. And that's why when you see Jesus feeding the 5,000 with the, like two loaves and like a fish, whatever, you know, it's like, that's why he didn't bat an eye at it. He was like, we got fish, right? <laughs> okay, what's the problem? Like, get some baskets. Let's get doing it. You know, and it's because he fed them for 40 years just that way. And so, man, God is so good. God is, uh, he's incredible. He's so faithful to come through and, and, and meet us where we're at. These people sucked. They treated God like crap. And he was so faithful to love them despite uh, who they were. And yeah, he, he definitely did judge them. He definitely, like, uh, he disciplined them. He set them straight when they needed to be set straight. He ended them when they needed to be ended. And that sounds super rough, but who's to say the creator can't take back his creation? Like, it, can't the potter, you know, crumble up his, his, his making and whatever? It's like, ah, that one, no. I, I'm not the potter. I can't say what he does. And so, Haley, do you do that? He's like, this is crap. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, he can, so, exactly. So, anyway, and it's a... Yeah, this is this is the image that like I'd Google and be like, whoa, wow, okay, that changes my mind. And this is God's glory on top of a mountain. And man, could you imagine being one of these what just just any person in this two point five million people and they're just like, Wow. <laughs> wow, you know, and just getting to see God's glory like that. Um, it's incredible. It changes uh, it changes hearts when you when you think about it like that. So, um, you can go on to the next slide. And so, okay, so today what I'm really wanting to talk about is uh, Moses um, and his encounter with the Rock of Horeb. And so, 
the first time that Moses is commanded to strike the rock, he <laughs> the first time that Moses is commanded to strike the rock, it's awesome. It's really cool. And um, God's glory is really put on display because, like I said, when you change your mindset from like, even like if it was like 100 people to 2.5 million people being like their thirst being quenched from this, this really put it in perspective. I don't know why. Me and Seth are talking about this too. Just like, I don't know why. I'm just like imagining like poking a hole in a rock and it's like a little water spout, water fountain or something. And man, it says it gushed out of there. It came out like God was not playing. He's like, I gotta give these people some drink. <laughs> and uh, so, um, one of the, the coolest things, and I kind of already mentioned it, one of the coolest things about Moses is that um, he never struck back at the people. Uh, he always went to God. He, he, there was plenty of times where he could have and should have probably, in, in like our flesh would say should have, been like, be quiet. Like, stop. Like, what are you doing? And he, I mean, he did. Like, God gave him the authority to lead them and be in charge of them. But most of the time when stuff like this happened, he was like, all right, I got to go talk to God and see what he has to say about it. And God always had a solution. He always had something to, to give to Moses. Because, I mean, it's not like God was not paying attention to what was happening. And God's still paying attention to what's happening. And he sees all the little things. He hears the murmurings. He hears the disputes between, you know, the body. And he knows. And that's a huge picture of, of Moses interceding for these people and, and loving them. How many times do you think Sam goes before the Lord for this church? You know? How many times Brandon prays for us as, as a college and young adult class? It's like, that's what we as leaders are supposed to be doing. Not just like going and being like, Are you, you're stupid too. You know, like, yeah. And so, yeah, God is faithful to give those, those very specific orders to Moses in order to quench the thirst of the people. You can go on to the next slide. Um, so, behold, I'll stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it, that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And so, I also really like this slide. I really like that picture. I know that's not what Moses looked like, though. I don't think that's what Moses, I don't think that's what Moses looked like. He's kind of pale for being in the desert for forever. Um, but you can go on to the next slide. So there's a lot of different things that you can draw from this passage and from uh, just this, this uh, teaching. Uh, but overall, what this does, what this pictures is obviously the, it, the rock pictures Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, who do we get our living water from? Jesus Christ. And so it's just incredible to see, man, God like planning and having everything perfectly orchestrated in order to make this picture that like no one even knows. Like it even I'm in Deuteronomy now and I mean in Deuteronomy it talks about like 
how these things pictured certain things of, of Christ. Uh, it didn't say Christ, but uh, these they pictured things that they weren't even aware that they were picturing. Like, that is, that's the whole Bible. <laughs> everything in the Old Testament is pointing toward Jesus Christ. Yeah. And everything after Jesus Christ is pointing back toward Jesus Christ. And so it's not like these are just a, like, compilation of books that are just inspirational or, you know, whatever. They're prophecy that's been fulfilled and being fulfilled as we speak. And, um, so, and if you're, this was, I, uh, Mark Trotter, uh, shot me this verse. He didn't know. I mean, we were like texting, but I wish. No, we weren't texting. He just wrote it down on the thing and I read it. (laughs) But it was just in his notes that if you have any doubt about whether or not this picture is Jesus Christ, you know, in 1 Corinthians 10.4, and did all drink from the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. And so there you go. It's like, if you needed any more, you know, confirmation that that is Jesus Christ, there you go. And so, um, yeah, that, that's... that. I love when God's so specific like that. People always want to act like the Bible's like so blurry and like hard to understand. Just take time. Just look at it. Like, read it for a little bit. I don't know. That was one of the funnest things we did in Tampa, was go out and ask people, like, what do you think about Jesus? And they say all these things, their opinion. What do you think about the Bible? Oh, have you ever read it? Well, no, but cool. Like, <laughs> you want to study it? You want to talk about it? We can, right now. And uh, a lot of times people are, more, more than not, people are not super, like, excited to be proven wrong like that. But there is that, the only reason, we wouldn't, like, keep doing it if it didn't work. People yeah. always come and they're like, you know, I haven't read that. I'm sorry I said that about the Bible. That has happened. There was that one, there was one guy, oh man, this was awesome. This is coming to my mind. There was one guy, he's probably like this tall. He was jacked, tatted up, all this stuff. And I was like, hi sir, have you ever read, you know, Jesus? And he was like, don't have time. Like walked by me, I was like, and then he got like five steps down the, the sidewalk and he stopped and he came back and he was like what do you have to say? <laughs> and I was just like I wasn't expect- I already mentally prepared to give up on the guy and then he came back and I was like Ugh. and I just asked him those questions and he answered them honestly I mean his opinion of Jesus in the Bible and if he'd want to study you know, he wasn't like super interested but the fact is the dude came back because this was like the fifth time in the last like week that he had heard something of Jesus Christ. And so it's like, don't be afraid to go and like do those things. Don't be afraid. We have the rock as our foundation. We have, you know, Jesus Christ is giving us that, that living water that we can give to other people. You know, we can be Moses to the Israelites of this world. We can be the people that, that save those people from their, their thirst. And so... I hope that dude's doing all right. <laughs> I don't know where he's at. He was an angry guy. But after that, he was like, it was, you ever met someone who's trying to still be angry after, like, they're not? Or after you're, like, been really nice to them, they're like, thanks. <laughs> Whatever. 
People are just angry. You can go on to the next one. And, um, okay. So, key point number one. I already kind of mentioned it. But when Christ, this is the picture. So when Christ, the rock, allowed himself to be stricken down for our salvation, we gained the ability to freely receive the living water of his word. Amen. And, like, isn't that... Like, think about that. That's incredible. That's why, like, I think this is probably the coolest picture I've ever seen of the veil being torn. Just like, I don't know, I thought it was really tight. And uh, it kind of like, I'm a very visual learner and very much like a visual hands-on type learner. So I have to see in order to like understand something like that. Um, But we just can't miss those things. Can't miss that this is what this is talking about. God doesn't just put stories in the Bible just to put stories to entertain us. They're all picture of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's one of the coolest things that, that Mark does in his, in his commentaries. You will not, every single uh, like chunk of, of chapters that you're supposed to read, at the end of his commentary, he always, always, no matter what obscure like verses and books that was just a list of names or something, he always has how Christ is revealed in the bottom and the very last thing that is said in that that day is always a Christ revealed in this and through this even if it's one thing so you can't ever read the Bible without that mindset that how is Christ being revealed through this because he is I guarantee he is and so you can move on uh, to the next one but man oh well I guess you need to write that down did everyone get it? I don't know how to flow. I don't know like what the what the tempo of like people writing is. I know I'm always like like halfway through the. It's because I focus on my handwriting too much. It has to be perfect, and then I miss it, and I don't even know what we're talking about. Don't do that. Just listen if you can. Um. So, the reason that that. Is so important, you know. It, it's it's important to realize that that is a picture because it's crucial to how we see God react to Moses' lapse in faith later on in uh, Numbers, and because uh, without that, you'd think that God was just mean for what He does to Moses, but uh, no. He's not just being mean. Uh, he's he he loves Moses and he wants Moses to understand that. So and then also we have to see that everything that God does is on purpose with a purpose. It's not not random. Nothing that God does is random. And I think that about my life all the time. There's a guy I met at the skate park the other day, and like I don't know, like since I've been married and after I had uh, or shoulder surgery. Uh, I just haven't like had the like, you know the want to to like go skate as much as I used to, and uh, so it's like really rare. And every time I go, I feel like it's just like a dark place. There's always like somebody like doing drugs in a corner, and I'm like, mm, can I talk to you for a second? Can you take a break? <laughs> <laughs> But, or I just go there and don't talk to anyone to skate for like an hour and then leave like a 
wuss because I'm afraid to talk to anyone. But, so I went, and this guy, uh, I just got to talking to this dude, and like, this dude's like hurting, and we just got to talk, and he's a believer, but he knows he's like not where he's supposed to be, and like, I really wasn't going to go. Amanda had like a work meeting, and we were sharing a car, so I was like, I had like two hours to kill, so I was like, go to the skate park. I thought, I thought it was just because I didn't have anything else to do, but it was really because God wanted me to go meet this dude. Amen. And we've gotten to hang out. He wants to, like, come and, like, he wants to visit. I'll let you guys know when he's coming. Uh, and just, like, stuff like that. Like, God, everything he does is on purpose. So don't ever get into that, that trap where you think that, like, things are random. Nothing's random. That's what, that's what the world is, is realizing, too. I actually saw a video yesterday of Neil deGrasse Tyson talking about how the theory of, like, us living in a matrix and they're like, well, it's, as we keep looking at it, uh, it looks like things aren't random. <laughs> and they think they're, like, figuring out some, like, mathematical equation. And that they're, like, they're like, oh, as you see, it's this. They're just realizing that God has a purpose and a plan for our life. Yeah. Like, it's not, like, they're not discovering anything new. This is what science keeps running into a wall over and over and over. Because they keep thinking, like, we got it. And... And then all the Christians are like, yes. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to that revelation. So, <laughs> at least the good Christians <laughs> know the word. Anyway. So, that's my, my purpose uh, in life is to be able to encourage you guys and know that Everything is on purpose. God is purpose. God has given you a purpose. You're not here for no reason. We're here to glorify God and to share His, make His name famous on this earth. So, uh, God's good. You can go on to the next slide. Just another cool picture. That's a cool picture. That's it. That's all for this slide. I'm just kidding. Don't, don't move. Um, so... Uh, so the second time that we see Moses uh, encountering the same situation, it's the same people. And, you know, they're always complaining about stuff, and they're again, they're like, "I'm thirsty." Come on. <coughs> like, come on. Anyway, so Moses is confronted with the same situation, and he does the exact same thing. He goes to God. He doesn't rely on himself. Uh, for where to get the knowledge. He knows exactly where to go to get the knowledge. And don't we? Like, we know exactly where to go. And I think that every time, whenever I'm in a situation yeah. and I'm like, oh, this sucks, and then I, like, pray about it with somebody or I just do it God's way and then it works out. And I'm like, whoa, why don't I do this every time? <laughs> and it's because... I'm an idiot. It's because I think I, I have some kind of strength in my own power to like make something happen. And uh, man, we need to realize, you know, God has the answer. Every single time anyone has ever gone to God, He has the answer. Yeah. He's given them the answer. Are you listening? Is the real question. And he'd be like, no. Are you listening to the no? Like, or are you just going to go ahead and do it? He could say, wait, 
Are you waiting? Or are you just going ahead and doing it? I mean, it just might not be that. That's what, I mean, you were saying that the other day. Every prayer that you've ever brought before the body to pray about, you've either gotten a yes, no, later. Like, it's just be paying attention. Be, he speaks to us. There's that, uh, you guys follow the Babylon Bee? <laughs> they are ruthless. <laughs> they are ruthless. Uh, but there was one the other day Amanda showed me where I was like, uh, like Christian, I wish I would have just put it in my slide. It was so funny. You know, I think about it. It was like Christian, like praying that like God would speak to him while he's three feet away from his Bible, his closed Bible. <laughs> oh, it's like, come on, man. God's trying to talk to you. You got. I mean, the answer is right here. It's not like God's like trying to hide truth from you. You just gotta look. You know, it's, what is that like? That's that's one of the of, that's a very frustrating thing to have someone come to you and and ask those things and um, it's not frustrating that they're asking it. It's frustrating that like our first inclination isn't pray about it and go to the word. I know that's not for me. That's what this this whole message, this time uh, being in this in this book, has really opened my eyes to how much of. Uh, kind of a wuss I am, and kind of like how much of a, how, how, how much I'm not a faithful, like, man of prayer. Like, I don't, like, if I were to describe myself, I probably wouldn't say that. And that's what this, this opened my eyes to, is the fact that, like, man, Moses did everything with a purpose. Moses went to God Every time, you know, um, reflect on that. Like, think about that in your life. Like, are you, like, is that something someone would say about you? When we were doing our, like, man of God studies in, at the men's retreat, and uh, I'm just like, man, these guys are getting described as, like, people who are fearless, people who are ready to pray at the drop of the dime, and, like, no matter what, they were just ready to do it. And uh, that'd be something I would like to be able to like. I want all I want is for God to look at me at the end and say, "Well done, my good and faithful servant." And that's what. Like, what else do you want? What else do you want? Put it next to that and see if that's what you really want. <laughs> like, take that and just like really look at it. Is it a? Is it fame? Is it? Uh, a car, is it, you know, a job, something. Is it your, even, even, is it your family? Like, are you putting your family in front of God? Like, no. Like, you're, you need to, that needs to be flipped around. Because if you're not, it's kind of like the airplane thing. It's like, if you don't put your mask on first, you're going to pass out trying to save this dude. Next to you, your kid or whoever, you know, you're gonna pass out. I and mean, what good are you? Mm-hmm. Go to the Lord first. That's one thing that, if you like, if you can't take anything else away from Moses's life, is take away that he went to God first. He went and sought Him out. Um, not at the very beginning. He ran away. He did run away. <laughs> he was scared. 
and he knew where he was supposed to go. So he, uh, but man, God used Moses in his time of weakness. Uh, and you see that throughout these books. You see, like, Moses is, uh, he's a weak dude. And God likes to use weak men and women to get his mission done. Because then who gets the glory? It's like, it's definitely God, because I suck if something happens. <laughs> like, I, I can't, I can't make anything happen. So, um, so the second time that Moses, you can leave it here. So the second time that Moses hits the rock, or is he goes before God um, for this uh, this problem, we see it starting off very similarly, and we think, oh wow, like man, Moses is cool, like he's he's doing it. Um, and then you see a, a huge difference though in the response that Moses has to uh, God. So the first time he's told, you know, go to the rock, I'm going to be there, hit it. Water's going to come out. It's very simple. Very easy to understand. And he does it. And the second time, it, it's near the same thing, but it's, it's a little bit different. You can go to the next uh, slide. Um, so this is God to Moses. Take the rod and gather thou the assembly together, uh, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water. And thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock, so thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts drink. So, did you guys catch, like, the huge difference? Mm-hmm. So the first one, where God is being, uh, he's, he, it's a picture of, of Christ being struck down for our sins, for our thirst, that we're, we're thirsting for something. And that picture, you know, Christ being struck down for that. And... Um, the second time around, God changes it up a little bit. He says, speak to the rock. Speak to the rock. And um, it's huge because, so, as the first one pictured Christ being struck down, this pictures uh, Christ who's already saved you, yeah. who's opened that door of utterance so that you can go before him and speak to him. That's why he's like, it's not because God's just weird and fickle like that, that he's like, nah, I'm going to change it up. <laughs> like, no, God has a purpose, like yeah. I said, for everything. And um, so, okay, go on. Uh, so Moses' response, and I said, and Moses took the rod uh, from before the Lord as he had commanded him. Good. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock, and he said unto them, Here now, ye rebels. Must we fetch water out of this rock? And so up to this point, it's like looking good. It's looking good. Now, verse 11, And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod, he smote the rock twice. And the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beasts also. Huge difference. Like, Huge, from what the Lord told him to do and what he did. Even if it looks like the right thing, he still didn't do what God told him to do. And what do we know that God would rather over anything? Obedience. He just wants his children to be obedient. I'm not a parent. I'm an uncle. I have a lot of nieces and nephews. 
and when I when they do something and like my brothers aren't around and they need to be disciplined for a second, I I'm like, hey, listen to me. I'm uncle here. I know I'm the fun uncle, but listen. And a lot of times they do. Jace is pretty good at it. He listens to me. But sometimes they don't listen. And it's like, it's mainly because they don't respect me because I am the fun uncle all the time. But, you know, and it's just like, so as a parent, don't you want your children to listen to you the first time in exactly how you say it? And so that's God in this situation. God has given Moses specific instruction to speak to the rock. And it's also it's not flippant. He's not just saying it. It's because, like what I said, it's because it pictures Jesus Christ. And if you mess up the picture of Jesus Christ, do you think God is going to be like, it's good, you'll get it next time? Like, you, Thank God we live in the age of grace because we do that all the time. And that's why God had to die and like, come back for our sins because we kept messing up that picture. And God's like, all right, I'm just going to eliminate that problem. <laughs> like, You guys cannot get this and will not get this. So I'm going to eliminate that. And, but this just shows that like, there is that picture and Moses did not take that into account. Moses, have you guys ever been in a situation where you're freaked out? You don't know what, like it's all on you. And you're freaked out. And you don't know what to do. So you just kind of default to what you've always done. I know I did that a lot in high school. I like defaulted to like being the class clown. And it's like naturally like my my personality is to be fun and like a jokey dude. Um, but a jokey dude. But uh, in high school I definitely defaulted to that a lot. Uh, and even today, I mean I still do that all the time. Um, I'm just aware of it now. And I can I can turn it off and turn it on. In high school, I was really just a joke the whole time. But uh, <laughs> I was, I'd have been really fun to hang out with, but I was, I was annoying after a while. But, yeah, like in a hard time, I, I can't say every time I, I fall back on the Lord. I can't say that, you know, the first thing I do is that. The first thing I do is try and, like the world tells you, do your best, yeah, be yourself. Uh, live your best life now. All these things. In my head, I'm like, all right. Uh. I was telling this to Brandon. Whenever I start feeling that way, or I'm like, I'm just a joke. People think I'm a joke, so I'm never going to smile again. <laughs> <laughs> and then like an hour later, I'm like crying. I'm like so hard that I'm like about to throw up in my hand or something. <laughs> you ever been to that point in life? I encourage you to do it. <laughs> It's like when you're a kid and someone's tickling you, like you're like, Ugh, and you're like, I don't know what's past this point of laughter. <laughs> I'm gonna die. I think I feel that way at least once a week. <laughs> it's healthy. I think it's healthy. I get all my crying out with my laughs. I get it from my dad too. Our dad is passed out. And like hit his, he's like, he's like passed out, hit his head on things, had to go to the hospital, like kind of stuff because he laughed so much. And I wouldn't want him to be any other way. 
He'd be a boring dude other than that. <laughs> <laughs> Love my dad. <laughs> um, my dad's awesome. You never met my dad. He loves the Lord. Um, but so, so this is Moses' response. And we see that, you know, he's, he doesn't take it serious. He doesn't take what God told him seriously. And in a sense, he does. He does it all right up until a certain point. Um, and then he loses the vision of what he's supposed to really be doing. He loses the... There's a break in the communication. And um, he's, uh, he pays the price. And it's... it's uh, it's not pretty, but God loves him. Um, you can go on. So God's response. This sucks, guys. Don't ever make God do this to you. Um, so, verse 12. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron and said, Because ye believed me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. Do you know how long Moses has been doing this? And then you hear something like this. Oh my goodness. Like that breaks my heart. Um, he was old too. He was old. He was doing this. I mean, he spent 40 years in the wilderness and by himself, with, you know, being a shepherd. And then 40 years wandering the wilderness with the Israelites after God brought them out of Egypt. And, um, and after all this, he makes this mistake. He has this lapse in faith, and he pays the price. And he's not ready for it. He's definitely not ready for it. Uh, I don't think he saw it coming. With that confidence he went at the Israelites with, they like, whoa, you rebels, check this out. I'm about to, you know, that confidence they came into it with, he's not thinking that God's going to be mad with him. He thinks that he's doing the right thing. He didn't listen. And because of his lapse in faith, he pays the ultimate price of having to literally, the one mission that he's been on since he's left his home in Egypt. <laughs> he can't finish. He can't go in. It's so sad. Um, God even takes him to see the, the land that he could have been in. Um, and he's like, that's what you got. That's what you missed. Um... Don't ever make God have to do this to you. Um, it's so uh, powerful to know that God cares about the pictures that he, he puts in the Bible. It's not a, a joke to him. It's not um, something to take lightly. And um, he, uh, he withholds the right to discipline his children however he pleases. And uh, you don't want to be on the receiving end of that. You can do anything. It's it's not it's not always nice. I mean, you talked about that a little bit with your brother. 
God withholds the right to yank his kids up out of the kiddie pool. So we're going home, you're acting up. He did that to like a lot of people throughout the books, the early five books. A lot of people just in general in the Bible. God, we see God yank his kids up out of the kiddie pool, take them home. They're not playing anymore. And uh, he still holds that. He holds that right to do so. So we can go on to the next slide. So key point number two, being disobedient comes with consequences that we are not ready for. Uh, We get big for our britches. We think we're big dogs and whatnot. And it doesn't take much to humble us. <laughs> like, I think I'm probably the weakest person at taking correction. <laughs> if you've ever had to, like, correct me or, like, tell me something like that, I'm like, I don't do that. I'm not that way. And um, even more than that, God can, like I said, God holds that right to do anything. And so... To have those pictures in uh, the correct context of like what God is trying to, to do, to, to understand what your life really means, is how you avoid this. To understand who you are, who you're called to be, stop wandering around, uh, is how you avoid this. You be obedient and you listen. It's not like some crazy, like, you gotta, you know say this many Hail Marys to some somebody, you know, or like you don't have to like go bury a patron saint in like the ground and like <laughs> I ran into that recently with a coworker. I was like, what? What'd you do? Because she, she's a, a believer we talk about spiritual things sometimes and she, sometimes she'll say things and I'm just like who'd you pray to? again like and so that's something that's huge in these books too God is a jealous God you'll have no other gods before him so that uh, that's huge I know I'm kind of you know beating this point but I think it's something that we could all be aware of in our life I know that I forget who I am that's the reason we sin we forget who we are we forget what name we're carrying around that's why we can't love people, right? Like Sam was saying. We forget who we are and who those people are. We forget that somebody that Jesus died for. We forget when we start self-hating ourselves and start you know, talking down about ourselves. Hey, don't talk about someone Christ died for like that. You're somebody who Christ died for. Live up to that. Like, praise God. Like, don't drag his name through the mud. Uh, and that, that's why you see this reaction from God to Moses. He drug his name through the mud with this one little this act that you think is so minuscule. I've heard that a bunch of times. I had heard that. I didn't know why God did that. I heard, I knew that, and because Moses hit the rock a second time, that that's why he didn't go into the promised land. I didn't know why. I never studied it out, and uh, it looks minuscule if you just look at it from like this perspective. You're like, what the heck, God? Like that? Why would you do that? It makes no sense to us, and we always think we know what's right. We always think that, like, that's why people don't want to follow Christ, is because they think they have better morals than the Lord, than God, the creator of this universe. They think they have better morals than God. That's really what it comes down to. 
Right? I've figured it out in a better way. I can love people better. And it's not true. Uh, you can't love until you know true love. That sucks. It's a harsh thing to say to somebody who thinks they love people. They try and do as many nice things for people. But it's not going to work out. You're going to be tired. You're going to be lost. Rely on Jesus Christ. Rely on God. Be obedient. It's not something that uh, is incredibly uh, profound. But it is at the same time. So you can go on to the next one. So in our life, like I started, there's promises in our life that God's given us. We have the promise of having full joy, um, peace. Um, we have, first of all, we have the promise of being in heaven with Him. He said that we'll be sealed and saved into the day of redemption. We'll be there. He made that promise. If you've accepted Jesus Christ in your heart, you've confessed your sins and accepted Jesus Christ in your heart, that is something that you can do. But also, you can have fruit. You can enjoy the full like peace and joy of Jesus Christ by being obedient and knowing Him. And when you go against what God has told you specifically, uh, you can't. You can't enjoy those things. And that's what we see in Moses' life. He couldn't enjoy the, the full product of what he had been investing his whole life into. He couldn't. You see, even in like early Deuteronomy, it's kind of it's funny, but it's kind of sad. It's really sad. It's a little like funny how God like really humbles Moses, but he's like Moses is like God. Can I go now? Like after a little time has passed, you know, like when a kid's in timeout, he's like, Can I come out now? And you're like, Nope. Sit, go back down. And they're like, oh. Moses comes out to God. And he's like, Hey, um, some time has passed. Is it is it cool if I Go in, go in there. He's at like the border of the promised land, and God's like, "No, sit down." <laughs> and Moses is like, oh. "He and and even like, like you know when like a kid keeps persisting on doing something like that, and and you got to get stern with them. Like, hey, didn't I tell you you can't do that? I told you you can't do that. Stop asking me. Don't ask your mother." <laughs> Don't go behind my back. He's like, no, 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 sit down. You're staying here. That's what happens to Moses. That's sad. Ugh. But God still loved Moses. And me and Brandon were talking about this on Friday. He gave me a haircut. I got your money actually in my pocket. Um, but like, isn't there like a lot worse punishments than just getting to spend time with God? <laughs> God was pretty gracious with him. As much as he didn't get to enjoy the land, he got to enjoy God. It was just him and God out there in the wilderness. And he was just, just living. Just enjoying God. And, uh, but yeah, he got the point after a while. He definitely, I, I almost would say he immediately regretted hitting that rock. He probably was like, mm, wait, no, he said, Dang it. And it's too late. He already did it. And um, so, be obedient. This stuff is 
this serious. God takes this picture serious. We move on to the next slide. So um, this is <laughs> this is. I'm gonna hurry up and get through this. So this is a picture I found when I googled Moses looking into the promised land. <laughs> this guy is great. So as you see, so God's promises are over here. This dude is standing in an area of unbelief, and he's wondering why God isn't moving in his life. It's the same thing as the Christian who's like, God, speak to me, and his Bible's closed three feet away from him. So the guy is like, what? He doesn't believe God, so he's not over there. And he's wondering why things aren't happening. So if you want to see God move in your life, you got to believe him. You know, you can't just be like looking at other Christians living... I do that. You look at other Christians and you're like, man, God's so working in their life. <laughs> How do I do that? Believe him. He told you you can do that. He left and said, you're going to do more than I did. Okay. Like, you don't believe him? Like, go ahead and try it. Okay, move on to the next slide. This is my last point. Um, so God had told him specifically, speak in front of the people. Speak to the rock in front of the people. Be bold in prayer. Uh, don't be afraid to make those radical claims. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray that your cancer is gone this year. That's like, and we're scared of that because if that doesn't happen, we think it's on us. But isn't God faithful? God's faithful. He can do that. He, he literally knit you together in your mother's womb. Can't he fix that? Man, if we had faith, what we could do. Um, Man, uh, so you can go on to this last one. Um, so practically for us, I'm going to just wrap it up. So uh, be aware of the fact that your life as a Christian, this I'm speaking to the Christians right now, um, as, as a Christian reflects Jesus Christ to the lost world. What you do, everything you do matters. Uh, how you respond to your coworkers, your boss, anything, uh, it matters. And secondly, being obedient to God's will results in blessing and revelation where our faith lacks. Um, a lot of the things that Moses did, he didn't know what the outcome was going to be. But he had faith and did it. and God worked it out. That's the same thing in our life. We don't, God doesn't tell us the, the specific details of our future for a reason so that we can have faith in him. And then lastly, be bold in what we pray for so that the world knows it was God that moved yeah. Not us. There's no way I could get rid of your cancer. There's no way I can fix your broken leg or your hurt foot. Or, there's nothing I can do to like convince your family that they need to have Jesus Christ in their life. But God can do that, can He? There's nothing that He can't do. So um, these were the takeaways for me, and I'm over time, and I thought I'd. Run! Out. I thought I was gonna ha- like run out of time, or like I was thought I was gonna go under. But let's <laughs> 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 go. So um, that was it. Um, be obedient. Love God. Be bold in prayer. Know who you are in Christ. Uh, that's it.